Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I'm your host, Kev, and this is a show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Uh, first of all, uh, we're finally in September. Uh, I got burned out in, uh, in August uh, doing two shows a week, uh, starting, a thir- uh, starting a second podcast about Game of Thrones, and also guesting on a bunch of different podcasts. I think I averaged about four shows a week that I was a part of uh, in some manner. Uh, and that was all for the Philadelphia Podcast Fest. It's, it's over and done with. It was a great time. Uh, thank you for everyone that came out, supported that, uh, whether you did it uh, from from Tattooed Mom, whether you did it from Amalgam Comics, whether you did it uh, from listening to anyone that's uh, provided their show for download or streamed. It was streamed on Wildfire Radio. Um, anyway, this week's guest that we got uh, is someone who I met from the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. Um, I was me and one of the um, uh, people that uh, put together the festival were chatting evidently over his show and um, he volunteered me to be a guest uh, on his show. And uh, if you've seen me tweet about it lately, uh, it was, uh, oh God, I'm going to butcher the name of your podcast. I'm sorry, dude. Uh, this makes me happy. I believe is the proper name of the show. Uh, we'll find out in just a moment, but, uh, I was a guest on that show and, um, y- you're probably not going to be surprised to know that I probably talked all over, uh, the host because that's what I do as I talk. Uh, please welcome to the show. The, uh, the host of this makes me happy. Uh, Bernardo. I don't know your last name. Margulis, but Bernardo's fine because no one can pronounce my last name. Yeah, no, definitely. Not. So, thank you for being on the show, dude. Thank you for inviting me. And I spoke over your intro. I don't know if I was supposed to do that or not. Maybe no, it's fine. You know what? There's no written rule to my intro. Um, I, I like to do a long-winded intro. A, I'm long-winded. B, um, the the this show came from kevin smith's fat man on batman uh his original concept for that which was he talked to people involved with batman whether it was the movies the comics whatever and when he interviews someone he usually gives like a five minute intro (laughs) he gives like a really long-winded intro uh i'm not that articulate so i can't do that but um i i try to give a a good intro uh to you know just kind of pimp you out you know but I give you, I gotta give you credit. You say you're not that articulate, but I, when I started my podcast, my original goal was to have like this a scripted intro, and then on the outro have like this conclusion on the whole episode. And I was like, now I'm not good at it. I'll just <laughs> let the guy talk or the lady talk, and you did an awesome job at it. So don't don't say you're not articulate. Oh, thank you. Sorry, I had something stuck in my mouth. I don't know. I got like food that I just found. <laughs> So I will take that that uh, your interruption while you take whatever's out of your mouth. Yeah. Um, I I didn't know how Zencaster works, and I didn't know if you were going to be able to see me or not. So um, <laughs> I I prepared myself to hijack your episode because I heard the last one that you were talking about hijacking someone else's episode, mm. and I came up with a little drinking game. Okay. It's- I, I don't drink a lot, but my goal was for you to see me take sips uh, every time 
something happened mm. and then see if you could discover my key and then i was going to oh. show it to you but because this is only audio yeah, it, yeah. let's see if you can hear me drinking and then figure out my rules um so it's not gonna be as fun hijacking your show yeah. because you can't I, see me i like that see i really like that concept of hijacking i have yet to do it i mean i guess i i hijacked your show at bit by just talking a lot but i didn't ask questions uh i think it's a funny bit but I, like i said like i said i think it was with uh when i was on the show with or when i had the boys from dissecting the 80s on um i i just i feel like i wouldn't be invited back to a lot of shows or to any shows <laughs> no it was awesome and then like speaking about you being on my podcast uh I I asked you to join my podcast because you were being chatty as I was recording. And I was like, dude, all right, if you're going to be chatty, you're going to be chatting on my podcast. A hundred percent. Oh, God damn it, dude. So, okay. Uh, for And the reason I'm getting Why angry. For me, <laughs> oh, what's that? Why damn it? Uh, I just said a hundred percent. And I just I re- took a swig. <laughs> that's what it is. That's, that's one. That's <laughs> one of my keys to when I take a drink. <laughs> that's funny you discovered it uh yeah i and you know what i swear i never unless i mean you can tell me because you recently listened to one of my uh, other episodes i've listened to a couple of them i don't think i say that often at all i i noticed it when i was listening to the playback of uh this makes me happy i say i say i say 100 percent a lot I don't think you said on your previous episodes that I heard from you. You definitely said a lot of my episodes enough that I put it on my key of uh, my drinking game. Um, and I got to say, uh, I did curse once during the show. Oh, did I, you? I did. I said bullshit at some point. Oh, all right. I'm going to have to tag it as explicit because uh, <laughs> iTunes is going to kick me out. Uh, yeah. I, I wonder how much they actually pay attention to that because... Uh, I've always just put explicit on my shows because yeah. I don't censor myself. And the fact that I only said w- bullshit on your show amazes me. Like I, I typically, I mean, you've listened to the shows now. I curse not as much as Kevin Smith, let's say, but fairly often. Yeah. Um. So anyway, Um. so yeah, let's, um, so you're so as we discovered on on when I was a guest on your show, you're fairly new to podcasting. You're twenty six episodes, noob. yeah, a noob. Uh, which is it's weird because you know saying that. I mean, I'm only this is going to be episode thirty four. Um, this is and here's a here's a fun fact. The last interview I did was uh, in July, the end of July. So it's been a month since I've done a show proper. The entire month of August was me just like pushing out interviews i already did and practicing slash rehearsing for the philadelphia podcast fest um but uh so wait so all the four the four episodes a week it was all the people's episodes that you were involved with so i did um i I recorded all those interviews that i aired in august in july Mm -hmm. um and uh so that was two a week and then well i've recorded like uh late to the game of thrones is uh, our game of thrones podcast that we just started in august so i recorded that in august but i mean this show yeah this show proper um i i haven't done since the end of july uh this show has just been you know it's for me like it's weird because it's been so long since i've done this and uh every time i have a you know i'm getting ready to have a guest on like throughout the day like as i'm in the shower or as i'm on my way to work like i'm going through the intro like how am i going to introduce this person and like i probably cut in my head like 
three to six different intros uh depending on how well i know the person and then whatever comes out comes out when we hit record um but it was like it was weird kind of getting back in that mindset because for the longest time i've been uh saying uh yeah been cutting an intro for the live show like welcome to everything is awesome live and just doing stupid wacky stuff like that when i was rehearsing anyway uh, and I'm bringing you back to school. Yes, exactly. And it, but it's weird calling you a noob because like my show is only thirty, you know, like I said, about thirty four episodes deep now. Uh, this show, but how many shows yes. have you done in your life? Oh, I've done a lot of shows in my life. <laughs> we talk about this on my podcast. Yeah. You've been doing this since like the birth of podcasts, since the podcasts yeah. were in diapers. Yeah, yeah. No, I started probably about a year after like it became like podcasting became a term in 2006 i started in 07 i believe um and and when i first started this podcast i was touting 10 years not nine years because i thought i started in 06 i forgot when i broke my ankle because that that's the key like that's that's like when i left wrestling and started potting um but yeah so so you said you were a noob you're 26 episodes in as the date of this recording um so i I guess like what made you want to podcast like what like oh you're so you've been doing it for six months like to the to the week almost um do you release every week i i do it's a weekly podcast um but then i record about two months in advance Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm not recording every single week, but I'm definitely recording f- four plus episodes every month. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's like, so that's the one thing that this show is new for me. And, and I've, the issues I've had with my past shows is that like, all right, I have to have a team of people. Cause like it's me and, and a couple different co-hosts and I eventually found that like the good mix is me and one other person, like having two people, a, you don't have to rely on everyone getting together at the same time. B, uh, you don't have to worry about talking over each other, each other as much. Um, but, uh, it's still like you had to rely on, okay, let's have a schedule. Let's meet weekly. It's time consuming really to do a, like a radio show as a podcast where you're like, all right, let's, let's gather all our notes to talk about this, this and that. So finding this interview, which is what you do, like we both kind of do long form interview. I like to call it for me, long form conversation because I'm a terrible interviewer, but I can, I love to talk. I'm a good talker. Uh, I feel like something about me talking. (laughs) Yes. Well, um, oh, you caught that drink. Yes. Uh, You saying that you're a bad interviewer. Uh, Really? Yeah, you've mentioned that quite a few times in my podcast and the in your podcast. So. Oh, I I probably mentioned it all the time on my yeah, podcast. Yeah, and I've made it to my key. <laughs> um, so I, I love that you made a drinking game out of uh, out of my podcast. One hundred percent. I love it. I love it. Um, anyway, so doing this long form interview show has been like it's great like it's it's definitely not the most fun i've had doing a podcast but it's definitely the most rewarding because like i can do it you know if i'm good at it i can get i think at one point i had eight shows banked so that i was like i think that like you about two months ahead um and it's just a great feeling to be able to like kind of not have to worry about a like a set day set schedule and whatnot um so but it has nothing to do with the point of of i feel like you're going to be drinking when we go on on wild tangents too 
Uh, see, that's out of my key, so you're good. Uh, or I'm good. I'm, I'm not going to slur. Uh, yeah, if if that was on your key, you're, you would have to have a bottle of Jack or something because you'd finish it. You'd finish a bottle in a, in an in a hour. Um, in full disclosure, it was like just it's a glass. It was uh, rum and soda, and it was like just half rum and the rest of soda. So it's not like I'm gonna. It's not gonna be like flying high after this. I also have to do work, so it's not like <laughs> yeah, you know. a little um, thing called work. Yeah, I have to sober up by the time we're over. So you know. Yeah. So what what brought you into the world of podcasting? Like how long ago did how long have you been in the know of podcasting and when did you know you wanted to do it? Yeah, I I mean, I've been consuming podcasts for a few years, not not that long, but probably 4 or 5 years. Um I think I think I started with the Savage Love podcast, uh, maybe like four or five years ago, and I don't even remember how I started on it. Um, I, I remember hearing about it, and and maybe my friend told me about it or something, and I started listening to it. And then little by little, I think it was mostly a couple years ago when I was, you know, I started teaching and I'm working for myself and I'm, I work from home. Um, so there's a lot of for teaching. I mean, I'm in front of a classroom, so I don't listen while I'm teaching. But um, the idea that walking to school or or um when i'm working from home and I'm, I'm on my own most of the day like something to listen to um and also when i was working out um so maybe a little longer than f- no yeah five years uh you know i started working out and i would be there for an hour um and you know just something to do so that's how i started consuming them and um Actually, no. I just remember the first podcast I listened to was Design Matters, but I heard it not as a podcast, but as a web download, I think. Okay. Um, so maybe that's a little longer. Um, but yeah, I was never like huge into them until maybe a year, year and a half ago. And there were a couple of podcasts that um, I've been following and they've, they've been, you know, both entertaining and informative. Um, I think more than informative ones are the ones that uh, drew my attention more. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I was listening to them, and I never really thought about starting my own podcast, except that um, you know my my business is called This Makes Me Happy, and that was uh, it's a long winded story, but I basically was not happy living in New York, and I was not happy with my old job, um, and I moved back to Philly, and I renamed my business This Makes Me Happy as a conscious effort to just be be conscious that my move to Philly and start my business were very purposeful to be happy. Um, so just every time I hand out my business card and any time I mentioned my business name, uh, even when I pay with my debit card, my debit card has my business name on it and people are like, Oh, what, what's your business? So that started so many conversations, just, yeah. just uh, inadvertently, not even trying just, just by the sheer action of being, uh, you know, having a company call that, uh, so I was having so many conversations and people telling me their stories and then talking um, about my experience living in New York and my job and not being happy there. Um, and I've just had so many conversations about it that I wanted to do something about it. Um, you know, not just not just keep it myself, but, you know, build content around it. Um, and podcast just, just came as a natural solution. I was thinking about it for a few months and then finally one of the podcasts I listen to is called Being Boss and it's uh it's two women entrepreneurs and it's their target on is mostly female entrepreneurs, but they I think for creative entrepreneurs in general is a great mm. um I get podcasts. So um one of them they said something uh, that I thought was 
stupid. Not that they said was stupid, but someone told them something that was stupid and they were like, yeah, we don't like that. So I emailed them I was like, yeah, I agree with you. That was stupid what they told you. And we talked and then we had a coffee Skype meeting and we were talking and then finally, like in the middle of the Skype, Kathleen, who's one of the co-hosts, she's like, encouraged me to do the podcast. And then after I was like, you know, I'll just, I'll just do it. There's no reason for me to keep all these stories for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so you say you're long winded, but this was a very long winded way to answer your question. Yeah, no, no, I, I was, I, I, there was a couple of times I was going to jump in. I was like, holy shit, this guy's got my number. <laughs> uh, see on my own podcast, I make it all about my guest and there's some, yeah. I, I stop myself. So yeah. now that I'm on the other side, I'm like, I'm going to rant. I'm going to talk and I'm just going to like get it all out. No, that's good. That's, that's, <laughs> uh, I, I always feel bad for my guests because I'm, I, I, I'm the one that does all the talking usually. And, uh, it's, um, it's, it's, you're probably now the third person that I could say goes toe to toe with me as far as trying to talk <laughs> that I've had on this show. Uh, so you said you were, so you were living in New York. Are you originally from Philly? Cause you said you moved back or where are you originally from? Oh no. So I'm originally from Venezuela. Um, and I'll repeat it, Venezuela, because people think I say Minnesota. Um, <laughs> How do the people get Minnesota from that? It's a thing. It's There used to be a Facebook group that said, I'm from Venezuela, not from Minnesota. When you say it quickly, um, or when you say it with uh, a certain accent, okay. um, people think you say Minnesota. So I remember... I said when I was in school, I was like, I'm from Venezuela and I've been, you know, I've been here for like four or five years, blah, blah. And then someone who knew I was from South America said, oh, it's, is it cold over there? I was like, what do you mean? We're from the tropics. She was like, yeah, Minnesota should be cold. I was like, holy crap. Like, no, Uh, but it's a thing. It happens. Like people say Venezuela and other people here in Minnesota. I guess, Uh, I guess if, if you say quick, uh, yeah, I can see it. So what, so when did you move to, to the States? And then I'll wait for part. I'll wait for that answer. <laughs> oh, I was like, wait. And, and then, um, yeah, I, myself <laughs> I moved here. I've been here for 13 years. I, I, um, I started college back at home. I was doing engineering school and then political reasons, not my own political, just the country in general. Yeah. Um, I it was time for me to leave. Uh, plus, my school was a top-notch engineering school, but it was falling apart because of, of the government. So um, it was time for me to go, and I moved here two years into college, and then I started over again, uh, and I did college here, and uh, I got a green card since that I'm here. So okay, well, this is so. So, how old were you when you moved here? Nineteen, about twenty, nineteen, nineteen, and yeah. and did. Cause you, I, I would never have guessed you lived in South America. You don't seem to have that accent. Um, d- is that something like, did you learn English while in South America? Now, this is where I'm going to be an ignorant asshole. Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm so in my own little world of, of suburbia that I, this is so it's good for me. Cause I get to question, but, uh, yeah. I'm going to sound like an asshole, I think. But so, no, no, no. Uh, you know what? Here's the thing. When I first moved here, I remember, uh, so. I'll tell the last fun story first and this more fun okay. story second. The last fun story was when I moved here, 
uh, people would ask me the most ignorant questions and I'm fine with questions where you don't know geography, so it's fine. Uh, or you like, you don't have to know everything about every country in the world. So I'm fine with those questions because you don't need to know. Like, I don't know everything about the U.S. geography. I'm terrible with geography. Today, one of my students, she says from, from Rhode Island and I was like, oh, I live in New York. I'm sorry. I hate your neighbor. And she's like, oh, we're actually like two states over. Um, not neighbor. So you don't have to know everything, but some questions I got, someone asked me, Oh, is the country civilized? <laughs> like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, and my answer for this kind of question is always like, yeah, I have a car and I drive around. Um, people ask me, do you guys have air conditioning? And my response was like, yeah, my car has air conditioning. Um, like those kind of stupid questions are stupid. You not knowing everything about my country, you know, I don't know everything about this country. I've been here for 13 years, so don't worry. Oh, so the fun story. Okay. When I first moved here, I was hanging out. I lived off campus for stupid reasons, uh, not my own, but the university's stupid reasons. And, uh, I was hanging out with my friends in the dorms one day and one of them asked me, so are you fresh off the boat? And I didn't pick up the expression right away. So I said, uh, no, I, I didn't take a boat here. And then just as I answered, just as I responded, I realized how stupid my response was. And that's not what he meant. So he's like, no, but I mean, like, do you just get here? Like, I'm like, no, I took a donkey here. <laughs> um, I, I had a, I, at that point, I already knew what he asked me. So I was just yeah. being silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, oh, holy crap. Really? Like, ha- like, <laughs> Donkey, like yeah, you know, it was like three days. It was a three day donkey ride, and I got here, and so, so, like, six months later, a friend who wasn't in the room at the moment, uh, she introduced me to her friend. She's like, "Oh, this is Bernardo who rode a donkey here." <laughs> I was like, "You're, you're." First of all, you weren't in the room when I made the joke, so you didn't hear it firsthand. So people are talking about this. Second, like, no, like six months later, no. <laughs> so even better. My friend of four years, this was, that was freshman year, senior year, my friend, um, our friend who had transferred out, she came to visit and the, the three of us were hanging out and we went to his house to pick up his laundry and he's like, Hey mom, this is Bernardo. His, this is the kid that I told you who came in on a donkey. I was like, Kyle, you're a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> and I'm sorry if Kyle's listening to this. Kyle's actually like a cool guy, but I went home for Thanksgiving for my brother's graduation and I came back. Like, do you think I took a donkey ride for the week? Like it was the most idiotic, but fun thing because I was joking. And four years later, people saw, Oh, and our friend who came to visit, she's like, she was living in Brooklyn at the time. She's like, Holy crap. I tell everyone I have a friend who came here on a donkey. (laughs) No, I American airlines. Thank you. You know, like, that's so uh, yeah i forgot your question i just it's, shared uh, so so that's fine that's it's it's i'm always on that a lot of times i forget what i asked uh <laughs> so so you came here when you're 19 so was there uh, again again i'm ignorant so like what did you know english fluently like how oh that was your question yeah how do you speak english yes i did because i had gone to summer camp in okay in new york and north carolina so um yeah no so my parents always always stress like even before we knew we were coming here mm-hmm. uh, my parents always stress english is a language you should know yeah. um nowadays my mom says mandarin but it's too late i'm like 32 and <laughs> i'm not gonna learn mandarin today but yeah. i should but no growing up always my dad went to school in philly so he was always okay. very fluent um my mom is not as fluent but she's always like 
she is like when I say she's not that fluent, I'm saying she doesn't sound the way I sound in English, but she, you can like drop her in the middle of New York and she'll find her way around just by talking. I mean, she knows New York, but uh, drop her in the middle of any city and she'll find her way around and he'll match. She'll manage. So she's pretty fluent. But, uh, so for them, it was always important for us to, to learn the language. So my brother and I were in a summer camp. Um, my sister, she's, 11 years younger so this was way later she also did but yeah they always made a point that we learned english and i guess it paid off um but now i can't do a hispanic accent so <laughs> i was gonna say so because you i that's what I, that's what brought brought me to that question i don't hear an accent at all uh when when you talk like you just you i would have never guessed you came from another country it'll come around it'll come around let's see i think like it just came around on that uh, for a second, I don't know. Some people say I, I um, was in grad school as a TA, and I was running some workshops. And then someone, one of the undergrads who I befriended, she later was like, "You know what? Like, I thought you just spoke funny, but I couldn't really figure out why." Uh, so some people think I speak funny. Some oh, people, okay. Well, know. I can, I can like not 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 that I think you speak funny, but like you have, I guess. Okay, I guess that is your accent. Like you do have. Um, <laughs> so that is your accent. You speak funny. <laughs> yeah, your accent's funny. That's what it is. <laughs> I, to be fair, I would say that to like a Swedish person too. Um, <laughs> I would say to someone from New Jersey. <sighs> oh God! Well, I'm, I'm no, sure people I'm say it about. Okay. I'm, I'm sure people say it about me, like because I'm not. Now I'm not from Philly proper. I'm from. I've I've grown up in the suburbs my whole life, so I don't have. People can tell that I'm from the, like, it's actually crazy nuts. Some people are so good, like, they're like, oh, you're from outside of Philly. Like, you're from the Northeast. I'm like, how do you know that? Um, and it's, it, and I guess it's just little things that we say, but I'm not like, I've, I, I never lived in Philly, so I don't say Wooder or, um, I don't really, John really. I mean, I guess I do say John, but not, not it took me the, 10 years to learn or more it took me i didn't learn that term until two years ago mm-hmm. uh-huh. i yeah i i you know i just it's not something that i mean i got god i don't know i don't know when i started saying it because obviously i'm from this area but i i've never i don't i mean to be honest i probably i've never really used it with any kind of meaning like i'm just like oh yeah that john you know but it doesn't uh, have meaning it's just anything yeah. Yeah, it's 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 crazy that because again I live in the suburbs, so it's weird because I I don't have that Philly accent, but most people can pinpoint me from being this area. I'll tell you the 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 funniest accent, and this is I I'm try I'm not saying this to to be insulting at all, but the funniest accent I've ever heard is is was two accents combined. I used to do work. Uh, I traveled and installed point of sales for gas stations. So I was up in the Boston area. Obviously, they all have accents up there that are. I mean, they're, I, I really dig their accent. If it's a little, if it's a little thick, it's it's hard for me to like communicate with them. But like, if it's just like kind of like a subtle Boston accent, like I really dig it. Like it's not like a like I don't think it's funny or anything. But then Adala for tonic. <laughs> Well, I, I will say the first time that I went there, I giggled like a little <laughs> asshole when we, me and my buddy who were working together, we went in a line at Target 
and um, we were buying something for work, and he got he was in line ahead of me, and and the the ladies the lady says to him, "Would you like to apply for a Target card?" And I just <laughs> I just lost it in front like in front of everybody, and like when I started to check out, she didn't even say anything to me because she knew like I was just I was too childish for it. Um, but so so the gas station I, that we were doing the install at, uh, the guy there. Uh, wasn't the manager he was just a worker but he was indian and he had i shit you not i can't even replicate it because it's impossible to replicate he had an indian accent with a boston accent oh like, wow i i and i every, every time i tell this story people are like that's not possible and i swear to god like it, and i wish i could if i was a better voice actor i could replicate it i think but just you could imagine those two accents combined and it was at the time like i just i felt bad because i was like guy i can't understand you at all i'm so sorry can <laughs> can you get the owner to call because <laughs> i don't, you don't want to be an asshole because you realize that it's not it's not like he's it's not like he's not trying to talk he's being an asshole but you should legitimately yeah. probably yeah it was it was a legitimate like in the moment was terrible i felt bad you, in hindsight i think it's a funny story because it's just it's those two accents don't belong together and and they're definitely it, they're a funny combination if you like if you try to replay it in your head because i don't think anyone can successfully mimic it <laughs> but you can mimic yeah. it in your head well and then and like you're a native english speaker in my head if i encountered that thing it's not only the situation where he has a an, uh, a thick accent that's hard to understand but on top of that this is not my first language yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, i'm like you know I have to double translate or triple translate and and so, so is that still is that still a thing for you like do you still is is English still a second language for you where you kind of have to translate or is it now like equally a first language it's it's so in situations like that like the one you mentioned then it can get a little complicated and then I it's the idea that I have to translate the accent and then there's like simultaneous translations and then then yeah that's a situation absolutely but everyday thinking uh no everyday talking now i i just um i i have memories that i don't remember if they happen in english or spanish oh wow um because they're so intertwined so yeah. select circumstances yes but by and large you know uh, there are memories that i have to think who was there where was i you know i remember like this one I don't remember the memory, but I remember the memory of a specific place. And I have to think like, well, that was the mall where I would go after high school. So that had to have happened in Spanish, even though I remember in English. Oh, that's um, crazy. Yeah. And I German English, I think in English, like I, I, again, under normal circumstances, I don't translate under certain situations where, you know, the language gets a little model, then, yeah, yeah. then I do have to translate. So, so when you moved, where did you move to when you first came to the States? Philly. Okay. So, so Philly. as far as the States are concerned, you're Philly. And is that, I guess that's because your dad went to school here. No, that was actually, that was a huge coincidence. Um, oh, okay. he went to school. It was called the college of textiles and sciences. Okay. And when I went there, it was called Philadelphia university. And I didn't know it was the same place. Okay. Um, until after I showed him, Hey, I want to go here. Um, and he said, well, that's where I went. I said, no, you went to college of Texas. He's like, well, that's the same address. I just changed the name. Um, so yeah, I, I, I knew he went here and I, I knew he went to Philly, but I had no idea where we were going to the same school. It was just a matter of, um, well, a, it was, 
a bachelor in sciences in design rather than art school. So I, I after engineering school, I would have made an art school. Uh, and B, it was my top choice, but it was also the out of all my choices, the only one that by the time I applied, I could get in. So it was okay. perfect because um, that's where I wanted to go and it's where I could get in, but not wait a whole semester. Uh, but yeah, that was just that was just a big coincidence. So so um, so was there was there difficult? I guess it wasn't that difficult to to kind of get acclimated to U.S. life versus uh, Venezuela life. Um, uh, see, it's very different because when you're traveling, and I had travel. You know, my uh, I, I went to summer camp a few times, and then I went. You know, I've been to. I want to say Miami a couple of times, but Miami is like being back in Latin America. Um, and then Orlando, I've been a couple of times. So I, I knew enough and like I only watched uh, American television and I only read American books uh, or not American books, but books in English. Okay. Um, so culturally, it was fairly adapted, but it's very different knowing about it and living there. Um, okay. The one thing he's talking about accents, the Philly accent, I, I kid you not. It took me like a good six months, okay. uh, like Philly locals for the first six months, I barely understood them. So that was a big transition. But then going to the supermarket and and having like five kinds of milk, where we have regular and skim, that's it. Oh, um, wow. You know, or having like twenty brands of of peanut butter, or having peanut butter. We barely eat peanut butter back at home. Oh, wow. um, so that kind of stuff was a little different. Uh, certain cultural traits, uh, the way people interact with each other. Um, I can remember my first year was I, I I bought birthday presents for some of my friends, and because that's normal back at home. And then no one has bought me presents for my birthday. Uh, <laughs> it's just like you don't do that unless you're super close friends. Whereas back yeah. at home, you're more you know you celebrate not as close friends. So like yeah, yeah that it's strange that you said that because like I had I think uh, years ago me and I I have like. I will say three best friends, but really only two of them. Like we exchanged gifts with like for birthdays and for Christmas. But like at some point, and I want to say we were still teenagers. Like I want to say we were probably like 19. Um, and we said, guys, let's just, how about the presents to one another is that we just don't buy each other a gift. Like we save the money and, and, and it quickly turned into just like, it became a family thing that I, I, we get gifts for. And maybe for birthdays, like my best friend in the world, his birth, my birthday is July 13th. His birthday is July 12th. So, um, we, and then I, we had another friend whose birthday was like July 9th, I believe. So we used like the thing that we did was like, let's just have one big birthday bash. And like, that's how we celebrated. We didn't really get each other gifts. We didn't want people to bring us gifts we just wanted to get together and you know we were in our early 20s obviously maybe late teens and we just wanted to get together and drink oh that's awesome so that's the end of that story that's out of that story <laughs> where do we go from there are we like we're done so yeah we're done all right thanks for being here the quickest <laughs> we've ever done so and then so what made you move to new york after you were done going to school here uh, that, well, the, the funny story is that I always wanted to move to New York, except when I actually moved to New York, um, <laughs> like in undergrad, I briefly considered transferring, um, but I didn't, I'm happy I didn't cause I, I got such amazing education. Um, and then I, I said, you know, I, I, after school, I want to get a job at a, you know, big big agency or big, uh, I want to work in the fashion industry back then. I'll, I'll go to New York and I got a job offer 
it was North Jersey, but I calculated it was cheaper for me to live in Manhattan and commute. Um, wow. uh, so I, um, I was like, oh, I'm going to live. And then I got a job offer in Philly and I stayed in Philly. Um, and then I got into grad school in Philly and I got into grad school in New York. I was like, I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to do this. And I ended up staying in Philly. Uh, and finally, because um, I was living in East Falls. I was living like I was in Center City. So to me, okay. like East Falls is great when you have a family or when you're a student. But I was neither. Um, <laughs> so um, I moved to Center City and I fell in love with the city. And then after grad school, it was 2010, no jobs and no jobs here. Um, but I got a quote unquote dream job in Manhattan. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I got nothing here and I got to take this opportunity. And that's, that's why I moved up there out of necessity. Um, yeah. And then, and then you said you moved back because you weren't happy. Was the, the job that you took in New York ended up being the job you weren't happy with or... Something yeah, else. no, it was just a combination of things. And I think that in hindsight, um, a lot of it was attitude. Um, I feel that uh, it was just not. So I think uh, people say it's the right being at the right time, the right. What is it? The right place at the right time. Yeah. Um, I think there's a third component, the right place at the right time for the right person. So okay, it's yeah. not just about having a great opportunity and getting it on time. It's making sure that that opportunity at that time is good for you. Um, and I just think New York at the time wasn't the right place for me. And I just think that that job uh, at the time wasn't me. And I feel that I wish that I could have made it better, but I, it just wasn't the place for me. I, I, Manhattan, New York is just huge. And I remember people would ask me um, how, I, how I liked it. And I, I felt bad because people dream of moving to New York and and they struggle to live there and I had a I mean I wasn't making that much money but I was making enough to live on my own and grad school I had a scholarship so I had no debt um so I was like you know I should be happier but so I was like how do you like New York I'm like yeah I like it and then one day I decided to say you know what it's not true I'm just gonna come out and like all right how do you like New York I you know I really don't like it here and people were like, well, you know what? You either love it right away or it'll take you a year. And then give it a year and you will fall in love with the city. So I originally was going to move back after the first year, but I decided to extend my lease. I said, again, how many people can afford to live in Manhattan on their own, have no debt and and you know make yeah, it? Yeah. So I extended my lease another year, gave it another shot. And when the year mark came by, I people were like, oh, how do you like New York? I was like, you know what? Like, People said I would love it after one year, but I, I still don't. Uh, it just, you know, um, people. so people were like, well, you know, like give it two years. No, no, give it three years. No, you know, it took me like four years to like it. Uh, no, I just, I, I've, I've been here for eight years and now I started to like it. Just just give it more time. It's like, fuck that. Like, yeah, why? No. Why? I'm not going to give it more time. Um, and the job was a similar thing. It was just not the right place for me to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just th- th- what my group needed from me was very different from what I wanted from yeah. the group. Um, so again, in hindsight, I think that uh, people were great. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just feel that um, I speak so negatively about it, but I just think in reality, it's just a matter that it just wasn't the right fit for me. And and I would work with them on freelance project. There was another group that I freelanced with for a while and I loved it. Even they offered me to apply for a full time because I was freelancing for the whole two and a half years. Okay. Um, 
there was another group within the company that offered me uh, to apply for a full-time position. And I, I, if I wasn't planning on moving back to Philly, I would have taken it because I loved working with them. Yeah. Um, so I, in hindsight, it was just the group that I was in had different needs for me. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and that was it. Like, that was it. It's just, it wasn't terrible. It was just not for me. Okay. And so, uh, and now it was, the, so you were freelancing. Is that like encompass you with your own business at the same time? Like, I, see, this is out of my, this is out of my lease yeah. when you're freelance slash contractor. No, so this one, uh, so I guess contractor is the right term. It was just, uh, uh, f- for technical reasons, they uh, they needed to open up a position for them to hire people, but they needed a lot of people. So the workaround was they subcontracted you from other companies. So I was, when I say freelance, I was there 40 hours a week uh, for two and a half years. I was like full-time employed, but... Um, they only paid me for the days that I work. I had no, you know, I was able to buy into insurance, which was amazing, but I, I wouldn't get time off. I wouldn't get benefits or any of that. So it's, it was, it, it was a weird arrangement. It was, it was just a, a matter of technicalities. Uh, but was it in New York that you started that you, cause you said you changed the name of your company to this makes me happy. So, oh. so did you start the company in, in New York when you were freelancing or? Yeah, so I started the company for again technical reasons. Um, it had a different name, and I didn't really feel like I, I did one or two little projects, but um, just emotionally, this job was taking a lot out of me. And then I went to school part time my second year that I lived there, so I, I didn't really have time to do outside work. I just started; I just needed it for for technical uh, reasons. Uh, yeah. I gave it a, a name that had meaning to me, but. Mm, doesn't really make a lot of sense uh, to other people. So um, one day I was having, I was talking to a friend, and I remember that's when I realized, you know, I had that aha moment. If it doesn't make you happy, it's not worth it. And slash, I'm going to move back to Philly and be happy, and that's why I changed the name to "This Makes Me Happy." Um, okay. So I I did it while I live in New York, but I will when I was planning to move back to Philly to start my business. So and uh, so and that's what you do full time now is is just your own business. Yeah, you know, this makes me happy. Uh, well, full time ish. I also teach. Uh, I teach part time, uh, okay. and then I have my business, uh, graphic design business. Uh, work with bigger clients and and doing branding and design and all the good stuff. And then my podcast, which takes a lot of time, yeah. uh, which is another part time job that doesn't pay yeah. yet. Yeah. Well, um, and so and, and and it's interesting because you say yeah, and and that's I, I and and guys. So you're the second person I've probably talked to who um, is uh, unlike me in the in the nine years I've been doing this. Like you want to like make it, pay, you want to make it have it make money for you, uh, and you actually like you know how to do it. Like you're a good like you know you obviously do it for a living. You brand, you you market, whatever. Uh, and it's, I don't know, it's just such an interesting concept because, and I don't know, because you're also the other guy that mentioned it to me. He's also, it was his first podcast too that he's talking about. And I, I wonder if it's, if it's me being, just not having success <laughs> through podcast one through 17 and, and on podcast 18 saying, I'm just going to do it for fun. Because as I said on your show, like to me, I don't think that should be your mindset going into a podcast. Like it shouldn't be like, Oh, I'm going to make money off of it. It should be more like, Oh, I just want to have fun with it. Well, um, but, but here's the thing. I, I'm a capitalist and I, I believe that you, you know, money is a good motivator. 
Uh, and not in the sense that I'm greedy because I'm not, if I was greedy, I would have taken, you know, I would have looked out for a full-time job three years ago. Um, you know, I was making way more money when I was living in New York and had a full-time job than I've, you know, maybe three years into it this year, I'll match it. Um, with a lot of work. Uh, so I'm not capitalist in the greedy sense of the word, but I'm capitalist in the sense that, um, I know that you need a motivation for what you do. And I know that I want to, you know, I want to be able to do this for five years. Um, I, I also think, you know, going back to the idea of having my my job in New York and wishing I had a different attitude, I wish that could have just been my nine to five that pays the bills. And then I could have done something like a podcast where I don't care to make money out of a podcast because I have a full-time job. Um, and whatever time I spend in the podcast, doesn't matter because I have stability. As my own as my own boss, as running my own business, um, it's a lot of time and a lot of effort, um, and I don't have I don't have the stability to yeah, say, yeah. all right, all my bills are paid, and I know that I'm going to be working nine to five in a job, and then when I get home and I spend time in my podcast, that's it doesn't matter because uh, it doesn't matter. Um, so I know that if I want to do this for the next five years, you know, I, I, I'm happy that I have Jason who does all the editing for my podcast and, and I have Orly who does my social media and I have Rosie who, um, does my show notes. Um, and you know, uh, I don't pay that much for those services and I'm blessed that, you know, you know, um, I pay a fair wage, you know, Rosie's, uh, she's my business development person for my business. So I, I pay her, um, uh, an hourly rate that's fair for her, but thank God that Orly is doing social media for free. And Jason's doing social media uh, by editing for free because I wouldn't be able to afford all that. Yeah. Uh, but if I want to be able to afford more services, I have to be able to pay for them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's just a different thing. It's just like a different attitude. And I, I don't think, I enjoy my podcast any less. I don't think no. you're going to be any less successful with your podcast than I am if I ever make money. But let's think about it also. How many podcasts actually monetize? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I obviously, cause there's in, in the world in, in 2016, there's more podcasts than ever. Uh, I, I think, I think within the last 12 to 18 months, um, with the birth of serial, uh and and other like with television and movies kind of taking podcasting seriously like more people than ever know what a podcast is mm -hmm. and so obviously more and more people are doing it and and uh which i think is great like i think i'm of the mindset the more podcasts the better because you know I, you know it, it just it everyone can up their game or or just be influenced by someone else or it's storytelling is just good. And if you have, if you can, if you can talk on a mic and have a story, I, I'm all for it. Um, yeah. but, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, not many, not many podcasts set out to monetize. Um, and, and I, I didn't fully conclude that idea. The idea that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a capitalist. And I want to make money out of this podcast, but even if I don't make money, uh, and I'm spending money on it because yes. I'm, I'm getting, you know, I'm hosting it and I, I have all the services set up just for it. Uh, but even if I don't make money out of it, I'll keep doing it. Uh, and I'm going to do the Gary V model where he said, you know, he did his wine, uh, YouTube for, I think he said like a year or two and then figured out how to make something out of it. So I'm, I'm fine not making money out of it, but, uh, as a business person, uh, where, you know, this is my passion project, but I also, I'm spending between five and 10 hours a week that, you know, building my own business five to 10 hours are a lot, you know, if I yeah. can make money, I'd be 
I'd be okay. If I can make mo- cannot make money out of it, I'll still do it. Yeah, and that's the good mind. That's the mindset to have, I think, uh, and that's an appropriate mindset to have. That's the mindset I have. Is is well, I get mine might be a little bit reversed. Mine is more so like, oh, if I can make money, that's great. Like, I, and, and, but that's like like I don't look for sponsors anymore. Like that used to be a big thing for me. Let me find sponsors. Let me do this. Let me do that. Like the most that we do now is, and we don't make anything off of it now. But it is we set up a Patreon about a month ago. New to the underworld and totally bored? Get out of the red and into the sun with Monstro's Kayak Adventures, docking every hour starting at sunrise on the weekends. Explore the infamous River of Souls in an up-close and personal way. All souls living are departed. Welcome! So book your Monstro Kayak Adventure today. Warning, significant internal damnation may occur. All parties must sign a liability waiver and enter at their own risk. This message was paid for in part by the Hades Initiative to Decrease Hope Foundation. Do you need a new do for the latest dark curse? Come on down to Scissorhand Salon, where we'll give you the perfect look for your latest cursed identity. Villains, we've got a fresh supply of baby powder and furry robe silver dye just for you. Are you now a princess? We do hair extensions, too. Whether you're a hero, villain, or can't remember, stop by Scissorhand Salon. We're a cut above the rest. Newly appointed dark ones get 50% off when they mention the sad and don't completely annihilate us. me like we have a, a lot of goals on our patreon but like i'd be happy with whatever our first one is which covers my yearly hosting costs for for this podcast and some of the other things that kind of uh are in you know in my umbrella of of stuff that i do so like that's like i'm at the point where break even is like where i'd like to be uh so people out there if you go to uh, patreon.com slash awesome podcast feel free to pledge some mo- money every month I'd and how's that it. going we have zero dollars <laughs> so far so far and, and that's fine like i mean we don't really i literally don't really I mean, it's been up for about a month um i don't do much promotion for it because this is like so like Whereas you have like a little team behind you, I it's just me, and that's because a like I don't like I'm not everyone I know that would be willing to help. Like they also have their own things going on. So like I have a buddy who would be more than help, more than willing to to help, and but he's writing books and like he's all he's in his own world doing that. So um so like the, where where I falter is marketing. I'm a I'm a piss poor marketer. As bad as I am at interviewing, I'm even worse at marketing. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, but again, I, I, I finally, after nine years of podcasting, have accepted that and, and, and attack the show a different way. And I also don't rely on five other people like to, to be a co-host and like, I don't have to feel bad that they're not getting paid. I'm not wasting other people's like at most I'm wasting your time. Uh, and I might, you know, I'm having a good conversation and, and something that, um, I stole from Jeff Stormer, who hosts Party of One. Um, uh, he's part of the Philadelphia Podcast Group. He um, he said on one of his podcasts that the reason he started Party of One was so that he could play more games, play more tabletop mm-hmm. RPG games. And like when he said that, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like it's basically why I started this podcast just just as an excuse to sit down and have an interesting conversation with interesting people. Um, and and that's like. So that's like the mindset for me. Uh, so let me, what happens if tomorrow no one wants to sign up? 
to be a guest or no one wants to pay your patron at all, but you, you already have what you already have. Like, how does that feel? Well, I mean, if no one wants to be a guest, that feels shitty because I, I mean, but, but, but I'm saying is like, let's say what you already have is what you have. Like, let's oh. say that your current experience is, is it, uh, oh, without I, negative feelings for the future, but like today knowing what you already have, how do you feel? Oh, I, it's great. Like, like I said, I, I'm, uh, I'm I'm at a place nine years later where I have accepted that, and it's something that I think I should have accepted much sooner. Is that like that 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 podcasting necessarily isn't going to make you money? Um, it's it's you may be able to make a couple bucks, but it's never going to be a full time gig, really. Not for everybody. Like you, you, it's a one in a million chance to make that happen. Um, so for me, like if 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 this is the status quo where I'm just sitting around talking to people. I mean, I think, I think the only thing I want this to see this show do, my show do, is I would like to get it evolved enough to where <clears throat> I can talk to, and, and I, I said this in my, in my, um, promo <clears throat> that I cut today for, for I think the, either the intro or the outro for, for the show we posted today is, is the goal isn't to get more, like, to, to go s- strictly famous people that we're talking to, cause that's not, I want to still talk to interesting people. And to me, like, as, like, I have a buddy who lives in Alabama and for the same reason where I, I, I thought I was going to sound ignorant to you talking about where you came from. Like it's, the Southern cultures is the culture I don't understand. And I love talking about it. And that's an interesting conversation to me. So I still want my show to have that, but I would love to be able to talk to interesting people who I also admire. Uh, but like yeah, Kevin's- is there, is there a, is there a, uh, Oh, sorry. I have to drink again. <laughs> He said Kevin Smith. Uh, but but I mean, but there's nothing wrong with doing both. And, no, and as I, long I, as we can still get those people. And that and that's the goal. Like the goal is to be able to get to a level. Like I guess that's my goal now. Like if I had to say that like if your goal is to 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 start, you know, making a little bit of cash off it so that it gets worth I, I shouldn't say worth your time. But for all the reasons that you just explained. <clears throat> if that's your goal, my goal is more so to ha- <clears throat> be able to Sorry, guys. There's something in my throat. <laughs> uh, my goal is to be able to get to a point where, like, I could email Kevin Bacon, I could email uh, Will Smith or or his representatives, and say, "Hey, I I would love to interview him. I would love to sit down and, and talk to your client, and and not either and not worry about not getting a response or." You know, I think that's the thing. Like, I just, I want to get a response. You can say no. I want to get to the point where people are like, oh, we know this podcast, but fuck no. Or, <laughs> you know, or, or yes, like, yeah, yes, do it. So that's like, that's me getting paid is being able to talk to every interesting person that I want to talk to and not be limited to the fact that, like, oh, well, I'm just this dude from Philly who does a dopey little podcast that these A list celebrities or B list celebrities or D list celebrities don't want to talk to. Um, and, and I, and, and I shouldn't say that cause we've, we've lucked out big time with already like, and I, and I fully, uh, you know, put that in the hands of, of what I call the super friends. Uh, you know, the, the people that listen to this show, whether they're, they, they're organically from, from everything is awesome. Or we pulled a lot of people over from this other podcast, once upon a wine that I produce, um, a lot of their fans came over. Like they're the reason that I got Aaron McGathy on my show, which was a big deal to me. Um, and, and I know I say that a lot lately. I'm surprised you haven't taken a drink yet. I know. I, I just, I, I'm like, shit, I didn't put that one on my list. Uh, but I mean, for the last almost, uh, two and a half weeks now since, since that episode aired, 
no, not two and a half weeks, two and a half months since that episode aired. Um, you know, I, I bring it up a lot because that is like a, an important milestone f- for me and the show because it's one of three people in podcasting that like I really admire, like really, truly like, wow, like they do what I do, but they do it real good. Um, and they and they do it in a way that like I respect and that entertains me and that like it, it makes me want to emulate them. So I shouldn't I, I should. It's not fair to say that we're not on that level because we totally are like we I sent an email email to her uh and she said yes like she could have totally ignored it she could have totally blew me off that's what i was expecting to be honest uh and and she didn't and it was great so you know it's um so i guess i should i should give more props to my show but well but i think like there there are different currencies so for me money is one of the currencies because um because it, uh, to me, money translated into sustainability, the fact that I can do this in five years. But there's also the idea, in your case, uh, your currency is credibility and get it to the point where, and when I say credibility, I mean to the point like street cred. If, you know, no, translated I, to credibility podcast credibility cred. is the one, you said everything I said over the last five minutes and summed it up in one word. <laughs> and I'm, ter- I'm very verbose. So the fact that I can sum it up in one word, like I, I'm like, you know, patting my own back. Um, but yeah, like credibility is your currency and that's what you want. You want to reach those people. Like to me, I would love to get a point where I can go to Tim Gunn and say, Hey, Tim Gunn, come to my podcast. Um, so, you know, that's a huge thing. But I think a third one that uh, we haven't talked about yet is also authenticity. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I pulled you from the crowd for my my podcast um, because you were just being chatty as I was recording. I was like, you know, if you're going to be chatty, chat with me. And the whole conversation was super authentic. And then we carried it over after, yeah. uh, you know, for like an hour. And then uh, I didn't pick up the guy's name from... from um, uh, Mike from Toxic Radio. Yeah, so you know, and he came over, and then we just had this conversation. The whole thing was very authentic, and then I I listened to your podcast episodes, and everything is very authentic. Um, and the way you pre- so you say you're not good at marketing. Well, I mean that's something you just need to figure out because it's not easy. Yeah. Um. I I I'm good at at that stuff because that's what I do for a living. But not you don't do it for a living, and I know it's not easy. So for me, you know, I emailed this woman, Natalie Kogan. She um. She's the CEO of a company called Happier, um, and you know she does TED talks and speaks around the world. And this, and I was I email her like blindly, and I was like, you know, she's not gonna get back to me, and she didn't get back to me for a while, and um, uh, I was like, all right, I'm not gonna hear back from her, so you know, I'll send a follow up, but whatever. And before I was able to send a follow up, her response was like, I love the email you sent me, like my email. Uh, when I solicit, I, I created a graphic, an animation. It's a picture of the person. Uh, I have their name written there and it says, you know, Kev, what makes you happy? And then, uh, it's animated and, um, I send that to her and then the email is very nicely designed because I mean, that's what I do. Um, and I composed an email and, uh, Rosie, uh, my business development, uh, um, I don't know how you finish that that title business develop the business developer um she helped me finesse the email so when i emailed natalie kogan she her response was like i love your email how could anyone say no to that um and then i also email um this guy ben kasoy he is a founder of do something.org and my sister orly who does my social media she's an amazing uh 
I don't want to say connector yet because she's too young to be a connector, but she's an amazing. Uh, she's amazing in reaching out to people and getting yeah. a yes. Um, and she met this guy at a conference last year. She met him again this year, and he remembered her. And I emailed him, same email. I made it the graphic, but of course, I customize it. So even though I have an email, I still make sure that that email goes to that person. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a quote-unquote template because uh, it doesn't make sense to reinvent the wheel, but every email I customize, make sure like, Ben, I, I, you know, I, I love do something to org and I love what you do for this. And this is why I think you should be in my podcast. Um, the examples I put in the, in the email are customized to that person. Um, and then when I, I give them reference of who I interviewed, um, they're customized to that person. I, I, I make sure that even though I have a standard message that, that I have a standard message because I want to make sure that I convey the right idea, but I customize it for every single person. So, this guy, Ben Kasoy, he his reply was like, yes, of course, I'll be on your podcast. By the way, I forwarded your email to my team. And I think that's that level of authenticity that you have. Um, and I'm tuning my own horn just as an example. But um, that's a third level of authenticity, yeah. the way that you come off and you're, you know, you say, I'm, I'm not good at interviewing, which I think is not true uh, because I've heard you. And but, then, see, but see, there's a difference between having a conversation and having an interview. And and I, I, I so if I were to, and, and it may be all in my head, I'll, I'll admit that because I wish I still had it. But the first interview I ever conducted nine years ago, uh, a little over nine years ago, was with this artist called Fat Baby Leg. Uh, and it literally was, I had, let's say, 10 questions written down. I'd say, hey, Bernardo, what's going on? Uh, how, how are you today? And you'd answer the question. I go to question two. Uh, so how did you get into graphic design? You would tell this great story. Instead of me following up off that 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 story you just told, question three, how is it like to work with whoever? Like, I, it was literally me just reading my 10 questions in and out done. Um, and... But I, you know that doesn't work for you, so you're being authentic by yeah. adapting the format to how you know you you can be authentic. You know you're not authentic by doing prepared questions. Yes. But you know you're being authentic by having a conversation. Yes. And and it's great because I am also lazy. So like <laughs> I'm better at my I'm better at this podcast when I don't do research. Mm. Uh, so it's 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 literally great because it's it's an excuse to be lazy almost. Um not to say, like, with a podcaster, I try to listen to at least one episode because I like to know a little bit of knowledge of that. But other than that, I gave you no choice because to call you out live. Yeah, I mean, I was not only was I part of your podcast, I was like, well, I'm going to, of course, listen to myself. And then I instantly started listening to it. And as soon as we, we and first of all, can I just say how because after so at some point after your podcast, uh, but before the end of the night, um, Lisa, who was the other guest on, on that episode, on episode 26 of, of This Makes Me Happy, uh, I think it was 100% great. She was not there to see any podcast in particular. She was there because she likes podcasts and she saw that it was the podcast fest and she was there to hang out and watch podcasts like that blew my mind as like a fan of podcasts and, and as a podcaster I was like holy shit like there's people out there that actually like this shit like <laughs> and i was so thankful because i did not know that you were supposed to bring your own audience with you i thought there would be an audience so i invited people but my audience that i brought with me was you know relatively small 
And yeah. I was like, holy shit, I can interview Jason or I can interview Orly. Like Rosie was working. She couldn't come with me. And then I come there and then Lisa is there in the audience. And not only is she there just for random podcasts to have fun, but she also um, was able to like put off her tater tots for <laughs> half an hour to talk to me. I was like, you're freaking awesome. Yeah, she she was a real cool person. Uh, and I, it, it just it was really cool meeting someone that was like there as a fan yeah. um and uh, because i mean same thing I, now i knew that like one of the and I, I don't know i guess this may have been in one of the email i don't know i knew that like okay like i have to sell this podcast hard to get an audience there and like i mean the only audience i brought with me was my fiance her friends and my co-host's uh wife they're the only people that i knew were coming um and then obviously like the guests i brought only one of them brought someone else so like that small audience I had there, uh, which I don't even like, I couldn't even tell you how many people were there because f- shockingly, like as into wrestling as I was, and as I was able to go into the middle of a ring and talk on a mic without stuttering and without coughing and without saying, uh, um, uh, <laughs> uh, I, as soon as I was, and I think it was because I was doing a monologue standing up, like uh, it was incredibly nervous. I focused on the wall and maybe one person in the audience. So I don't know how many people were, were actually there, but, um, it was, uh, so it was completely, completely nerve wracking. And, and listening back to it today when I was editing it, 20 some minutes of monologue, I was like, okay, well, clearly we're going to shave about 15 minutes off this. And, uh, and, and I think that's what, so, so, I'm this was like a year for like first class um Philadelphia podcasters like there was me there was you the uh, party of one was their first year at the podcast well, thank you for calling me first class because uh, I don't know I think that's very generous for, okay I, I well you're taking I did not mean it as a compliment I guess <laughs> I, I'm at freshman <laughs> I mean I mean it as a compliment because I, oh okay Fre- okay yeah. fresh freshman class not freshman class yeah and there I go thinking you're complimenting yeah. me. no but you know I, and if, truly and I've only listened to the episode I was on but like I could tell doing the show and I could tell listening back to it and I can tell now talking to you like it, it, it's here here's how and and your show is different because it is literally just talking to people about what makes them happy essentially i do the same show i just call it awesome not happy yeah uh and but so, so i i mean i obviously like that thing and this is uh, the way i know that i like to these styles of shows just in general is is i listen to 25 o'clock uh with dan drago and that's all usually music based it's it's sometimes like he had me on his show i'm a podcaster he's had comedians on but mostly he has musicians on as i said on your show i'm not into music i'm more of a talk radio guy so but i listen to his show and i really enjoy it and i enjoy talking to musicians i enjoy i think and i think you kind of touched on it like way almost almost an hour ago like um that you you like to be informed you like the podcast that like kind of like you you learn a little something and that's what this is to it to some extent this is what your show is to an extent is i'm just learning something about lisa liking tater tots um or people listening to to it for me they learned about podcasting maybe or they learned about wrestling they learned about something that they didn't know about um and and I don't know how we got here. I'm hope you're drinking because that was a wild tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, but now that you're talking about being verbose, I have to drink. 
yeah. So um, I don't know how we got there, but yeah, um, podcasting rules. And yeah, you are you are not only are you first class, but yeah, we had a lot of freshman class podcasts. I think, and I think it's I think it's just so great that that there's that many podcasters in the Philadelphia area, and that the medium's just taking off like it never has before, and. It's a good time to be a podcaster, and I, I it's a trying good time to, to be. Yeah, yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like I, it's. Oh, I don't uh, swing. <laughs> uh, it is. I know. I I'm just. Out. Yeah, I finished my two beers already uh, that I brought in with me, but I was just. I was also drinking to drink. Not. I wasn't playing the game. I was playing the drinking game of alcoholism. Um, I uh, think of my key that you haven't mentioned yet. I I wonder if, if oh, you're going to bring it up or not. Interesting. I almost yeah. don't want to end the show until I do. <laughs> uh, so we're here for three hours. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know. There was. I'm trying to get back to the point that we were making. I we're, I I don't know where we Which left one? off. There were I so many, know. so many of them. So okay. So you started the podcast. Um, let's finish this story, I guess. So you started the <laughs> podcast. Uh, you know. Actually, we didn't get to that. You, you came to Philly. You st- you renamed your company. You moved to Philly, um, and and it helps you have interesting conversations about you know, hey, this makes me happy is my company, and, and this is why I, I it's the name. Why and, and oh, we did you you talked to the other podcasters, and that's how you started podcasting. Yep. So so let's talk about your process. I like to listen to other people's process for podcasting. Um, what what's a typical after you like the day of the interview like what is the the process to set up for that and, and how do you conduct most of your interviews um so um it depends so the, the i talk to a variety of people and some people are uh into public light and some people are more people you would never hear about so i tend to do a little research on them and if there are people in the public light again like i mentioned before uh, you know, Natalie Kogan, who's done TED Talks and she's a CEO of a company and she does blog posts. So I could do very good research on her. Um, I, I uh, interviewed um, another woman, Shirley, um, who she she has a jam company and she makes pickles and and you know there's not that much out there uh for her so my research for her was more limited so i do all this research and i take notes and i i write them down but then i go into the conversation with fresh eyes so we start recording i give them a walkthrough of how the conversation will go um i have my notes on with me and then i have some generic um open-ended questions uh but all that is just it's just my safety net um most of the time um i barely use them at all and then just get started and like you say you're lazy uh and you don't do research um i do the research but then i go in this with the same attitude you go in i don't think it's being lazy i think it's just it's a lot of hard work going in not knowing what you're going to talk about um so i don't know what i'm going to talk about because i don't know what the person's going to say makes them happy so um i just you know we start recording and I ask what makes you happy. And based on, you know, based on that, we just ha- start talking for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Um, every so often I go back to my notes and sometimes, it, you know, I, I feel a little creepy because if it's someone who's got a lot of content out there, I've referred to it in the conversation casually. Um, 
Well, and that's so I've only had that experience once with with Aaron McGathy, really. I mean, I, a couple of my that's not fair because a couple of my other guests like I was fans of before or I just I've known before. So things came up casually. But um, I would say the closest thing to what you're just describing is my conversation with Aaron McGathy. You know, it was probably the most prepared I was for an interview because I know her as a podcaster. I know her as um, a, as a comedian, as a personality. So it was weird bringing up things. And I, and there was th- certain things that I stayed away from because I just, I, you know, like she she was married to Dan Harmon for 11 months and they and they recently got divorced about it about eight months ago or something like that Uh, and at the time that we recorded the podcast it was probably only six months ago Um, and you know I didn't bring that up because like hey I'm not a relationship podcast I'm here to talk about like literally your podcast which we didn't we talked about ireland on that episode for the most part um and uh but it was weird because i was able to like say yeah so you moved to ireland and like it's weird because like i don't know her but i do know that information so i i i I almost said it i do get where you're coming from and and to me surprising like you said you know it's creepy and you know but like some people that i have the most information and i don't use it at all uh and some people where i have a lot of information but it just takes a different turn you're, you're saying like you didn't talk about the divorce because you're not a relationship podcast i had one episode um with debbie mailman she's like i just admire her she's like my my intellectual and professional crush and she knows this and every time i talk to her she knows that i just go gaga over her and i she came on my podcast and i had a lot of research on her and i've been following her for years because you know she's a friend but also um someone who i've been following for a while and then uh, you know her her conversation didn't bring a lot of the back uh, we talk a lot about what i research and what i know of her but then all of a sudden she starts talking about how she was depressed uh uh a few months ago and you know i have a podcast about what makes people happy <laughs> um and i was like i, I don't know i i, I had it was in my head i was like how do i build up on this and i actually had to stop because i i uh, i mean there's a person i know and I, I you know i love debbie i she's a dear friend and so beyond being someone i'm interviewing it's someone i care for so i want to make sure she was okay but then we kept going and her thing uh, making things make her happy and that's what helped her go through that tough moment um so you know that idea that you're improvising and 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 you're creeping on a person because you know a lot about them uh because you're a friend or because you're researched but then also the idea that sometimes a conversation goes somewhere else that you weren't expecting to go and you just have to like think about it you 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 didn't handle the divorce part but what if she brought it up you know like how do you handle that you know. Oh well, then, then I if it came up, there's plenty of conversation there. Uh, that yeah, I mean, and that's that's another what if. Hopefully, for maybe if we if we have her on a second time, uh, that if if it comes up, then it will come up and we'll talk about it because it's it, it, hundred. Oh God, I almost said it. Yeah, again. well, I'm done. I'm done. So I can't. I, well, it's the barrel. You know, the the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, after talking to to Aaron McGathy, like it was it was it was such a surreal moment. Um, anyone that hasn't listened to episode twenty, uh, Irish Fairies yet, which is my interview with Aaron McGathy, I highly recommend listening to it. I think it's really good, but I, I think what what's a really neat aspect that I did is that. Um, I, I sat down in my little shedio before we, we, uh, the, the call and I hit record on my, my studio machine and I was like maybe five minutes or so of me sitting there waiting for her to sign on to Skype and like 
kind of like that, like what you see in a movie where someone's pep talking themselves in front of a mirror is what I did. And, and I, yeah, I edited it so that there wasn't a lot of dead air, but I, I, I put it out on the, on the head of the episode. So like it opens with me talking to myself saying, Oh man, this is, I, I can't believe this is happening. Like whatever I said, like I pep talked myself into the interview and, um, and it's, and it's, I think you can hear, you hear that Kev, then you hear the intro and then, and then you hear me start talking and, and it's a completely different Kev where like I'm on, like I'm just, I'm, I'm podcast Kev. And, um, it was, it's, I think that's the, the most intriguing episode to me, I, I, I guess. Um, cause it just, I don't know. I, I, it still is the one that I hold near and dear to my heart at the moment. And then you went through it and then you do other episodes and yeah, handle no. them differently. Yeah, no. And and, oh my God. I've stopped myself. I'm done. Three like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I've, st- I've stopped myself three times now. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, each episode is is done better. And, and the next challenge from there was the, the Philadelphia Podcast Fest. So let's talk. Let's, let's end the show there. Let's talk about that. Um, so you've been doing the show for about six months now, um, talking to, you know, your interesting people talking about what makes them happy, um, going on unexpected depression talks at some point. Um, what made you decide to be part of the Philadelphia podcast fest? Um, and how is that experience as someone who's only been doing podcasting for six months? Uh, there's something I do sometimes where I just jump into something, not having all the information. And then just make it happen and make it work. And this was one of those circumstances. Um, like uh, I was there, and I was like, oh, "I'm gonna, you know, I, you should prepare a lot." And and uh, you know, I'll just confess because it's over. I I like to prepare myself. I like to know what I'm getting into. But I also sometimes I will sign out for things and then do research. Uh, th- in this case, I've been very busy working and very busy getting ready to start teaching. It's the beginning of semester. Um, I just joined the board of AIJ Philadelphia, which is a professional organization. Like I have way too much on my plate. Mm -hmm. So I, to be honest with you, I barely researched uh, the podcast festival. Like normally I would go and check it out before, you know, I would go to another event. I would do research. I would do, you know, look at reviews. And this time I just said like, I'll sign up and I'll do it and I'll see see how it goes. You know, like uh, I've been part of the Philadelphia Podcast uh, Society's website and uh, I we talk about this. I'm not active because I feel there's a lot going on there, but there's a lot of awesome stuff. So when I saw that, I was like, you know what? Like, it's a good challenge. Let's do it. Uh, and then I show up and I'm like, holy shit. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, but I'm good at improvising and landing on my feet. So, um, well, and, and I will say this, I mean, I, I feel like your sh- like, I think your show went off without a hitch more so than mine did. And, and mine had a rough 20 minute opening. I don't know. I, uh, when you showed up, but, um, like my show was, and you'll, and I, I straight up say in my pre intro that I recorded in, in the, the podcast download today, um, is, is that the 20 minutes is rough, but again, I'm not a disingenuous person. So like, I'm going to air that rough 20 minutes. That's it's, it's light. Like I didn't even re- go. I started listening to it and I was like, Oh my God, I can't stand the, the sound of my voice right now. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't even listen to the full episode uh, of the live show because, um, as, as much fun as I had, um, it was, it's, I count it as a win. Cause that was, the, that was, the, it was something that was a big challenge for me to do, uh, you know, after talking to Aaron, 
Um, so, so this was the next big challenge and I count it as a win because I did it and it ended really good and people came up to me and no matter how many people came up to me and said that they enjoyed the show and that they, you know, I, I mean, we've already, we've booked our next live show. Like, th- like things happen because of it. I still yeah. am like, well, but that 20 minutes was awful. Like, do you guys know that I, I, I fi- like, I clearly don't know what I'm doing. Right. Like I faked it this whole time. Uh, I still feel that way. So like, I, I did not really listen to it. I, I think you went off without a hitch like it was it was near perfect can i just tell you well first of all i had no idea we were being we we're going live um I, I didn't know that it was streaming live until like five minutes into it that i realized when i called you out i think that's when i realized it was streaming um i feel that i was a little naive uh at the moment because not just for that, but in general, like we walk in and Jason was more concerned than me because, you know, again, as I said, I didn't know I had to bring my own audience. Um, it was just one of the moments that it was half fake it till you make it and half I genuinely was not. I, I, I And again, like I, I don't want to sound like I'm super busy all the time, but like I've been so busy lately that walking in there, I it didn't click in how unprepared I was until until so, so go time until uh, not even go time until after the fact and and I it's like oh okay it worked out like I locked out that Lisa was there and I locked out that you were there like yeah I, so so I was like so naive the whole time and uh I think in this case it was a good thing because I would have freaked out otherwise no and it was um it was just such a good day. I was there from start to finish uh, for that day. And um, it was, it was a, 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 and I've said it numerous times now, big thanks to Nathan and uh, Tegan for, for throwing it together. It's such an awesome job. 30, I think it was 33 shows was the final count of how many shows were part of the Philadelphia podcast fest. I think they're gunning for over 40 next year. Um, and uh, I'll be there if they take me in. Yeah. Well, I, and I, I told them like, I mean, I talked with them throughout the course of the night and, and I'm hoping that, you know, we, we were, we're, I'm hoping that before I would say they, this is the fourth year that they did the podcast fest. I'm going to say about five to six years ago, um, talking with a buddy of mine when I co-hosted the Stabcast. Uh, I said, you know, what's like a big thing now is this thing called VidCon out in LA. Like it's a bunch of like YouTubers and, and bullshit people that go out and, and like conference about YouTube and whatnot. Why isn't there a podcast thing like that around here? Like we should totally do PodCon. So and and it, like I I we've talked I talked about it for a year a year or two and, and and we never really got it like ideas to 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 work and um and then the Philadelphia Podcast Festival happened and I was like motherfuckers they stole my idea but like <laughs> but they 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 do a great job with it and I told them when I you know before I left that night I was like if I I'm willing to help out with anything you guys want to do because like and I said it on your show like podcasting is it is near i said it on my show too in my monologue like podcasting means a lot to me it's it's um it, it literally what i do almost in my free time is is everything podcast pretty much so um it, it means the world to me i think it's an important medium i think it's an opinion a medium that needs more recognition and we'll maybe we'll end on the, we'll end on this note before we kind of let you give your proper um 
plugs in uh we're this episode marks the beginning of september uh and september 30th is international podcast day um and uh, i've been thinking for a while of what i want to do for it and and i'm still not quite sure what i'm going to do we're going to air some sort of special not sure what we're going to do for a video of 100 podcasters streaking down the street (laughs) i don't i mean i guess i do know 100 and some podcasters now but um what what i want to do is i is is at least one thing i want to do is and i'm challenging all the super friends out there I, i'm challenging all the happy friends uh, out there that are <laughs> listening to this show uh anyone that's listening to this um uh, my challenge to you is to to be part of a podcast in some way start a podcast um if you have nowhere to send it send it to me and i will air it i you know record a 15 minute podcast and i will throw it on my feed um or be be a guest on a podcast you know there's two hosts right here right now that you can contact at that nerdy kev on twitter at what's your twitter my Twitter, the the Happy Podcast. Uh, you know, hit us up on Twitter, or we'll give you more appropriate plugs later in the show. Hit us up. We'll have you. I know he'll. I know Bernardo will have you on as a guest. I'll have you on as a guest. Um, find find a way to get involved with podcasting because I think it's an important medium, and I think anyone has the right and should do it. And and um, I. I you know, you can literally download, if you have an iPhone, download, it's called VRP7, and it takes really high quality audio, and if you just speak into it for 15 minutes, tell a story, send it to me, and I will throw it on my feed. Um, and that's my challenge for September, for International Podcast Day, is if, if you're not part of a co- uh, podcast, uh, be part of one, be a guest host a podcast do something in podcasting if you're already part of a podcast do something different that's my challenge to a a current podcaster is do something that you would never do uh so bernardo that's my challenge to you and that's my challenge to myself i'm already doing it right now you know what i haven't done before you haven't been a guest on a podcast i've never been a guest on a podcast so done challenge accepted and and accomplished technically this qualifies because it airs in september so there you go oh and oh crap if this was half an hour from now it would already be september it's true it almost qualifies on all accounts so i have to do it again like in oh fuck but i've already done it so i can't do it in half an hour but it it, it airs it airs september oh, seven days from the recording whatever that day is september 8th we'll say 7th 8th i don't know it airs next wednesday <laughs> from the date of this recording um so so yeah that's that's my challenge to a podcaster is find something that you normally wouldn't do and do that and and my the challenge to myself is uh to is I wanted to wait to get uh, Kevin Smith on my show, but it just so happens that episode 37, and if you know Kevin Smith, you know 37 is an important number in that mythos. It falls on September 28th. So it falls in the month of September. So, oh. so my, my one day, one day, oh no, wait, never mind. 37, not 27. Yeah. Uh, but it, it fall. So my challenge to myself is, is to try to get Kevin Smith on this show, uh, for episode 37. Uh, it's, pr- I know that's, that's such a big challenge that I set up my, for myself and I've already have a backup plan for that. Um, but yeah, my challenge to non podcasters is be part of a podcast. My challenge to podcasters is do something different, do something out of your wheelhouse, do something that's uncomfortable and make it comfortable. That's my challenge for international podcast day uh there you have it um bernardo thank you for being part of the show man thank you for uh popping my 
guest uh, podcast cherry not a problem uh and thank you for having me on your show tell the kind people at home where they can find you on the interwebs so i have two separate things one is my podcast which you mentioned which is this makes me happy um the happy podcast.com on social media twitter instagram facebook the happy podcast um that's if you want to hear my podcast or look me up on iTunes. I'm there. Just search for This Makes Me Happy and it'll come up. Um, if you need a graphic designer, I run my own design studio. Um, the current URL is a little tricky. It's this-makes-me-happy.com. Um, that will change soon to something without dashes. But for now, it's This Makes Me Happy with dashes instead of spaces. Um, yeah, and personal social media, just look me up Bernardo Margulies you'll find me on Instagram for sure maybe on Twitter uh don't look me up on Facebook because I only accept people I know but um yeah follow my podcast there and and we can be friends and of course you can find me on Twitter guys I changed my Twitter handle I'm screwing everything up for you guys after I publish your <laughs> podcast and I had to go back into it and change it on my links but and I listened to the interview today and I'm like, you can find me on Twitter at AJH. Nope. I, I ch- totally changed that guys. Uh, I changed it because I, I'm, I'm, I'm going with this whole, you wanted to make my life miserable and make me change it on my podcast website. Yes. Uh, no, I also, uh, I'm trying to build a brand and, and whereas the brand one could argue is everything is awesome. I, I go the Kevin Smith route and the brand is me. Uh, so, uh, you can find me on Twitter now at that nerdy Kev, uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can find the show at real awesome pod. You can find the show on awesomepodcast.com. Uh, just if you search any of that and you'll find us. Um, and, and we're part of that's entertainment that entertains.com and all that good stuff. Um, thank you again, Bernardo. It was such a great time talking to you. Um, as part thank of my you. podcast, thank you for being having me on your show last week. It was it was I, I I think every podcaster has this feeling. It's awesome being a guest because there's zero pressure. Uh, oh, I'm being so animated and just like flailing my arms around, being like, <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, um, and uh, okay, I'm sorry. I just see a little error in the uh, top left of my screen here. That's still gonna record. Oh, we'll find out. <laughs> Uh, okay Uh, for everything is awesome I'm your host Kev and uh, we've been awesome right here only on awesomepodcast.com